Welcome to Growing in the Gospel with Father Zach Weber. It is the second Sunday of Advent. Welcome to Growing in the Gospel. Again, Father Zach here. And it's the second Sunday of Advent, and I really uh, enjoy this upcoming reading. I'm looking forward to unpacking it for you a little bit. Uh, this week, our gospel reading comes from Matthew 3, 1 through 12. So again, we're in cycle A now, as we begin the new liturgical year. So if I didn't say it last week, I just want to say Happy New Year to you. I just encourage you just to ask the question, you know, what do you want God to do for you by Christmas? Like, what sacrifices are you making to encounter Jesus more deeply at Christmas? But like, what do you really want for the Lord to do in your life, your family's life, to really take that next step and go deeper? So again, as we, as we read the Word, we're always doing this to hopefully increase our desire to have a thirst for the Word, like the saints did. And then also to come to Mass prepared, to be chewing on the Word, so to speak, each day, and to come with a deeper sense of the Gospel. So when we come to Mass, we come prepared, which is only one of our words in our Gospel this week. So again, our Gospels, Matthew 3, 1-12. through 12. So if you have a Bible, get it out. If you have a catechism, get it out. If, if you don't, like right now, press pause, go get it. And if you can have a friend join you and do a little mini Bible study, that's exactly what you want to be doing because Jesus says where two or three are gathered in his name, he is present there. And that's what we want to do is make his presence more known in our own lives and also in the lives of our loved ones. So our gospel begins with, John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, a voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees Coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Well, if those aren't fighting words, I don't know what are fighting words. So just a, a, a brief background in this gospel. Um, as we look at it, we just want to look at 
um, John the Baptist. So John the Baptist, he is known as the forerunner to the Messiah. He's a Levite, and he's also a relative of Jesus. So John's clothing, kind of strange, huh? John's clothing recalls the old prophet Elijah who wore a garment of hair cloth with a belt of leather. You can see that in 2 Kings verses 1 through 8. He's a figure of Elijah. I'm sorry, a figure like Elijah. He was expected to return before the Messiah, which was prophesied in Malachi 4, 5. And to begin restoring the tribes of Israel, which you can find in Sirach 48, 10. And he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says repent. And we'll talk about repentance. It's the main thing I want to look at. But he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the overarching theme of Matthew's gospel, or in, we'll see that the expression appears 32 times in the gospel and is equivalent to the mean, in meaning to the kingdom of God. So if the kingdom of God is at hand, that means it's like right in front of you. And maybe just ask yourself, am I receiving it? And who is the kingdom of God? Was I guess I kind of told you. What is the kingdom of God? It's Jesus. And John the Baptist baptizes people with a baptism with water for repentance. And why does he use water? So John administered a baptism by water alone as a sign of purification. Hence why we have holy water fonts to this day to always remember, remind us of our baptism and be cleansed to repent of our sins. But as was shown in Noah's day, water alone cannot cleanse the soul. The sinfulness of man's heart remained unchanged even after the flood, which you can find in Genesis 6.5 and 8.21. But only the, the sacrament of baptism infuses the Holy Spirit. See John 3.5 or John 3.3. 3, we must be born again. And how do we do that? By baptism and renewing our baptismal vows. And also, he baptizes with, the Lord will baptize with fire. So why fire? Well, fire is a symbol of God. Think of the burning bush. And then also it's a purifying judgment. So we are purified of our sins. But what about this repentance stuff? And I would urge you to really take this part seriously because repentance is the essential turning to the Lord completely. And that repentance, that complete turn towards the Lord dare I say, the surrender to the Lord unlocks the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit. So we are, repent, we are to repent, to go back through my life and, and ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to reveal to me my memories where I never went back through those memories and said, in the name of Jesus, I am sorry. Or even saying, Jesus, where were you in that place where I sinned or someone sinned against me? And we're called to believe in the good news. So in Acts chapter 2, Peter talks about how sins, how our sins led to Jesus to die on the cross and how it cuts to the heart. It's a and the heart, again, is a place of encounter. And Peter even says, repent and believe in the good news. And John today says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he says, and Peter says in Acts, be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you have to ask yourself, am I literally full of the Holy Spirit? And am I praying to be poured into every day? And am I repenting every day? Because if I don't repent, I'm not filled. If I don't die to self, to be born again, so to speak, to renew my baptismal call, to spread the good news of the gospel, to make disciples, well, that's on you. 
So the challenge here is not to reject ourself as God's beloved, because at baptism we, be, we're, we, were, we became God's beloved son or his beloved daughter. And from the heavens spoke the words from the Father to you and me, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter in whom I delight, which you can find in Mark 1.11. So one thing that a lot of people struggle with is self-rejection. And sometimes we even call God a liar because of what maybe has happened in our lives that is bad and it causes an ineffectiveness of his grace to work in our lives. So if you and I want to move forward, actually we all need to move forward, we want to start moving forward, we have to start praying these words and you can repeat these in your heart. Jesus I accept that on the cross you purchased my identity as a beloved son or a beloved daughter. Please heal me and set me free with your blood. I repent from my sins and I claim you as Lord and I submit to your power and your kingdom. Come Holy Spirit, have your way. I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The prayer you just said was a prayer of repentance. And it helps us know our belovedness. And our belovedness is constantly restored in the sacrament of confession and in our daily repentance. Repentance of sins, forgiveness of others and self, and renouncing the Spirit's and their attachments are necessary to break a demon's legal right to be in our lives. The spirits of lust, gluttony, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, loneliness, despair, depression. We must repent of our sins. And as Neil Lozano says in his book, which I'd highly recommend checking out, called Unbound, the first key to freedom is Forgiveness. The, and evil hates forgiveness. So the challenge in confession and in repentance is like the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. So you and I, we either become the older brother, we're full of resentment, judgment, and self-righteousness. Or we come in as the younger brother, spending time in the pig pen. So when you and I go to confession... The father comes running out to both the older brother and the younger brother. And he says to all of us, everything I have is yours. Notice how the father delights in both sons. But the brothers did not delight in one another. And at the core of our being, all of us need to know that God delights in us. We have to repent to know how good he is. But that doesn't, make him, that doesn't make him good. He's always good. So notice how our gospel reading ends. It says, John the Baptist says, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. He said, Bear fruit that befits repentance. So our fruit now becomes 
Jesus. And he even says the axe is laid at the root of the trees. And that's where our sin begins. That's where our repentance needs to start, at the root of our lives. Where do these things start? And ask the Lord to reveal you the pain that was caused. He says, Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And we want that to happen. We want the fire of a love from the heart of Jesus, of His Holy Spirit, the intense love of the Father and the Son, which is the Holy Spirit, to burn away in you and me and everyone all that is not of God. So as we move forward this week, the song I'm going to give you is called Offeratory by Luke Spihar. Really encourage you to come to Mass really prepared and just really always focus on the bread and wine being brought forward onto the altar. Most people say that Mass is boring only if they bring nothing to it. That could be knowledge of what is the Mass, the offering of the Mass, but also if they don't bring people spiritually, they're not paying attention of who should I pray for, what am I offering, because we should be coming forward with our arms so full at Mass of people to pray for and offer on the altar that we actually leave Mass exhausted. And we're called to offer ourselves so when the priest lifts the body and blood of Jesus, we say back to him, this is my body and these are all the bodies of the people that I'm praying for, Lord Jesus. This is my blood and this is the blood of all the people that I, that I pray for, Lord Jesus. I ask you to lift them up. I ask you to bless them. And we have to make a decision to repent. We have to make a decision to forgive. We have to make a decision to come to Mass intentionally and get over the culture of the world and start living more in the Spirit. Get over the desires of the flesh, which we heard about last week from St. Paul. So the call this week is to repent and know that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right in front of you. But if you don't repent, and you don't start bearing fruit that shows that you're repenting, we will die in the unquenchable fire. And that's not Jesus' fault, that's our fault. But if we empty ourselves each Mass, each day, by repenting and asking to fill the Holy Spirit, we will see deep, deep conversions. And the peace that will reign in your hearts will be so attractive to others that they will desire the same, and you will begin making disciples of all nations. Know of my prayers for you and your community. And again, ask the Lord deeply how to repent. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.